The city itself will be our playground to use as we please, rewarding ourselves and punishing our enemies. We've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. There is a new enemy, freaks of nature. Together, we will punish these creatures. What the heck was that? Looked like sort of a big title in a trench coat. Welcome to Movie Uppers. My name is Bob Sham. I am Angela. The sounds you hear will probably be dogs. Definitely. This month, we're discussing comfort food. We're coming at it at a couple of angles, but every Monday, we are picking something from our youth, our childhood, that meant a lot to us. Yes. You picked E.T. last week. Yes. This Monday, it's my turn, my round. I picked one from my childhood the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie directed by Steve Barron, starring Judith Hogue, who was April O'Neil, and Elias Cotius, who was Casey Jones, but also oh, features my goodness. the voice talents of Brian Tochi, Josh Payas, Corey Feldman, Robbie Rist, and Kevin Clash. I only know one of those names. Kevin Clash was the voice of Elmo for many years. Oh. Can you guess who he was the voice of? Splinter. You did figure it out. I don't know why. I just, for some reason, I was like, what would be the least likely to be Elmo? Well, I guess that's exactly yeah. why I still, he's kind of like a, a, a larger black man voicing uh, a Japanese rat. Mm-hmm. Kevin Clash also is no longer the voice of Elmo because he had accusations Yes. That he was uh, hooking up with uh, younger kids. One, I think, through the case. I think he had three accusations, or one dismissed the case, and the others were considered statute of limitations in their state. Mm. But he has not been Elmo in quite a while. Also, I don't think you should say hooking up with. I think you should say molesting. Molesting. I mean, allegedly. Statutory rape. Yeah. Okay. Hooking up seems a little (laughs) like... Like it's just a casual thing. Yeah. So when I was a kid, and I saw the the commercial for this movie coming out, turtles were huge. Yes. I was losing my shit. Like it was (laughs) the most exciting thing. Yeah. That I literally, uh, in, in my whole life maybe, I can think of certain things that were like the most exciting things. Maybe that... The first Keaton Batman movie. Yes. And this came out like a year, the next year. Mm-hmm. The X-Men cartoon, when I saw that it was coming, I got super excited. That 90s X-Men cartoon. Yeah. Like I can honestly say that 
that I don't know if I've ever been as excited about anything in my life than I was when I saw that they were going to finally do a live action movie of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Aww. But uh, I will say while some childhood things do linger over time, I won't say that the Ninja Turtles were something that I maintained. Right. Well, and I mean, there's something. Sometimes I'll still be like, how are the X-Men doing? And sure. I'll read up and see what's going on with the X-Men. We're still watching every Batman thing that comes out, but just I'm, in case. But as much as I was into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I, it's not something... It is one that I very easily just kind of left in my past. The movies were not important to me. I did see them. I loved the cartoon, though. I yes. definitely loved the Ninja Turtles cartoon. The cartoon set the tone. For what these characters are and yes. how they're going to be. And we had all the action figures mm. and we... Yes. I played those with my brother. He was definitely more into the movie than I was, but I we clocked a lot of hours watching that cartoon. I had the van and my cousin up the street had the Technodrome. Ooh, we didn't have any of those. Oh, we just had the people. It, at one point, it was like all I wanted in this world. Yeah. Was Ninja Turtles shit. Yeah. This movie, you know, reading a little bit on its history, a lot of movie studios, major movie studios, pass this up. Like, when we look back in hindsight, it's like, it seems like the, a no-brainer that you want to be the studio that launches the first ever uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Absolutely. But all these movie studios pass it up, and New Line Cinema picked it up. And I wonder if they were worried they couldn't do it. They, well, they don't give a fuck if it sucks. It, they true. care if it makes money. Right. And that was their concern that it wouldn't make money. But if you asked any kid at the time, that was if like you would beg your parents to go see the Ninja Turtles movie, so long as it was no more than a PG rating. Right. Any kid would be like, hell yeah, we're, I want to go see that. Yes. And sure enough, this thing cost $13 million. It made over $200 million. Oh, my God. And everybody so, was kicking themselves. So, yeah. So, there you go. It was a big thing. But I won't say that the magic maintains over time. But there isn't. There is things that are kind of quality about it. Yes. The 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 outfits, the suits are made by Jim Hansen's workshop. Mm-hmm. I still think they look great. They do look great. Like, as far as, like, a live action uh, puppet animatronic suit they had uh they had pewter they had set up their expressions and they were using joysticks so if it's like oh uh, if they're like angry you go switch the joystick and press this button this way huh. or you do do it this way if they're that's like cool. about to eat pizza or something advanced stuff at the yeah, time that's really cool and, and it still is impressive after all this time how they managed to work that out so the voice actors of course were Different than the actual physical stuntmen in the turtle outfits. But it is impressive how mobile they were and how great they looked. They did look like the cartoon come to life. I think that Splinter looked. It's because he looked kind of like a dog. Like a scruffy dog. I always particularly loved Splinter too. Me too. I think I still kind of grabbed onto him in this movie. And when he is crying. Got to me a little bit. It's a kids movie, a family movie, uh, from the from nineteen ninety, and you know there's something about like when you get the references, but understand they're outdated. Somehow that makes you wince more than 
maybe if you were watching an old movie that was making references that you know are dated references but are not that familiar with it. Yeah. They made a moonlighting reference yeah. in this movie. And I was like, okay, I know what moonlighting is, but but it still like made me wince. But Also, even at the time, I did know what moonlighting was. But if your parents didn't watch Moonlighting, that was a joke. That was a joke for parents of 1990. I feel like Moonlighting was this show at the time that everyone was telling you was good, but I don't know if I knew anyone that watched it. I'm sure I saw it from time to time. Mm. But yeah, I don't. All I know is it was Bruce Willis and uh, Sybil Shepherd, who we will see at the end of this month. Sybil Shepherd. Let's talk about the plot. Very thin here. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, a uh, a Japanese gang wants to settle in New York City and recruit children. To steal for them. To steal for them. They're talking about the crime wave in New York is just out of control. There's never any other goal stated. They just are stealing stuff. It seems like they're blaming all the existing crime on the foot. Like, it posits that... Almost that the Foot Clan, as led by Shredder, mm-hmm. is responsible for all crime in New York City. Yeah, but like, what is Shredder's end game? We don't know. He's just stealing shit. The original iteration Stuff. of the Ninja Turtles, created by uh, Peter Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, was almost like this, almost like a parody of Daredevil comics at mm. the time. In which, you know, Daredevil, that character, he's blinded when, like, radioactive material hits his eyes. And he's a ninja type. Or he's he's into martial arts. The comic, at Daredevil comic at the time was very moody, very kind mm. of violent. And he fought the hand. And... <laughs> Didn't even think about this. The yes. Ninja Turtles fight, <laughs> fight the, the foot. foot Clan. And they are changed... They do martial arts and they are changed. This is true. Yeah, I know. What's so interesting about the Ninja Turtles is that it does seem like this very childish kind of throw off idea that literally became one of the biggest uh, children's properties like ever. And that comic was very violent. I mean, you we, the, the, the Ninja Turtles we know, it wasn't long after that comic blew up. That it did become more into the realm of a children's property outside of the comic books. You remember the cartoon? They're wearing like their own colors, masks and shit. And mm-hmm. for, in the early ones, they were all just red mask and you only identified them by their weapons oh, that they I had. Oh, I didn't know that. So it was the cartoon stuff that gave them their own colors and stuff. Which is better and makes it easier. The cartoon version is really what set it off like a rocket, honestly. Yeah. But it was just interesting how they took that. It was very much like a violent comic that was like, okay, we need to make this into kid stuff. And the creators were totally on board because they're getting mad checks over this shit, over a thing that they were like just kind of ripping from Daredevil comics at the time. And this thing became huge, bigger than Daredevil as a character, even though the Marvel shit is big now. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, it's such a... It's just a fascinating thing how, like, your doodles can become something that is just larger than life, it yeah. seems. But, 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 yeah, so you got these characters that got all these weapons, and, like, one's got size, one has swords. That's the weapons and the stuff that they carry are reminiscent of their violent past 
that never really went away, you know, because it's a kid's show. Remember what they were fighting? Like Leonardo's not cutting into human beings. No. The Foot Clan were always like robots. It was always robots and oh. Krang sending robots. Over the years, the the only weapon that would get maybe flipped around and censored would be Michelangelo's nunchucks. Because I think those were the the nunchucks were the weapons I think kids wanted to mess with the most. Sure. I had like a homemade pair of nunchucks. You better believe I cracked myself in the face like <laughs> multiple times with this shit. So at one point in the cartoon, they gave Michelangelo like like a grappling hook instead. I remember that. And there was actually a, a cut of this movie in which they cut out the the scenes in which... Michael is waving their nunchucks a lot. Oh, a fellow chucker, eh? But the swords and the size, the cutting weapons, all that... Totally The fine. bow staff, oh, all good. All good. Even though you could easily fuck someone up with a long stick, but they kept those around. Crazy. Uh, the turtles uh, rescue April O'Neil. O'Neil. O'Neil, yeah. It's played by... The beautiful April O'Neil. There's this kid named Danny. Who's the son of April O'Neil's boss. April is a reporter. Yeah. And Danny is a little twat shit. Danny, damn it. Danny, come back here. I hated Danny. Oh, I'm sorry. Family friendly. He is a a naughty boy. (laughs) By the way, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, fun movie, but I prefer the porn parody. Barely legal Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. So there you go. All Check right. that one out. I don't really know how to talk. This movie's very simple and goofy yeah, and silly. I mean, the, yeah, the basic story is April's trying to under. She's a vesti- investigative reporter, so she's looking into the foot. The police are worthless. The police are worthless. They kind of insinuate that the police chief either doesn't care or is maybe knows Corrupt. and in on it. Yeah, Danny. <laughs> I don't get it, Danny. And he's in this gang of children he's who's working for Shredder, and, yeah. who's this like family with Sam Rockwell. How about this? How about this hideout? I wanted to go there so bad. There was only one girl in that whole place yeah. that I could notice ever, uh, but she looked cool. I would have loved to have hang out to have hung out in this place. Yeah, sure. I would have taken an ass whooping from a Japanese man once a week if I got to just skateboard inside of a building and yeah. play arcade games all day. But they weren't just whooping their smoke cigarettes. They just- Regular or mental? They were training them, and if they were good enough, they actually got inducted into the foot. That was kind of what they all were working towards. They were told this is a family. Shredder at one point was truly said, "I am your father." Mm-hmm. This is your family. You have no one else. And these kids are smoking cigarettes and cigars and playing poker and pinball and who knows what else. 
eating garbage. Yeah. But they, I love the kid with the cigar. That's one thing you wouldn't see in a kid's movie now. Oh, no. But even though it's portrayed as something bad, you know. But, yeah, you, you mentioned there's a young Sam Rockwell in this. Yeah. Uh, there's apparently a few stars that are uncredited in this like, there's a young Skeet Ulrich in there somewhere, apparently. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, yeah, so... All my young crushes. So, this this place is fucking dope. Like, it's a paradise for teenagers and yeah. preteen kids. And Danny conveniently is there, and because he's tied to April, he's at her house at one point. Okay, so... He steals from her, the little they shit. Sa- he steals from her, and then she get Because she's talking about the hand on television, they attack her. Raphael happens to be there, and he saves her. Because he's wearing a trench coat and hat, no one recognizes him as a giant mutant creature. Even though he has a big green face and big green hands. He does also that same night get in a fight with Casey Jones, who just assumes he's wearing a green mask. It's interesting how when when uh, the this property is being adapted, that Casey Jones always has to kind of be in it around somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's something about that character that, Keeps like he's almost as enduring as the Ninja Turtles themselves. He really is, and it's it's because he is the love interest for April because they're not gonna Howard the Duck this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like April's not really gonna get with Raphael, even though she really likes him and all the guys have crushes on her. She's not gonna get with a turtle. So you have Casey Jones there who also can help them. And, like, drive cars and stuff. Have you seen how turtles have sex? They're very vocal. Raphael doesn't know what to do because she's knocked out. He brings her back to their their home in the sewer. Mm. And she wakes up and Splinter explains to her everything. She's followed. He explains everything to her and all four turtles take her back to her house and she feeds them pizza. And while they're gone, the guy who followed tells everybody where they live. Yeah. Master Splinter gets kidnapped after they leave with April, mm-hmm. so they have to abandon their sewer lair and go stay and go stay at April O'Neil's apartment, which is above an antique store, which apparently her dad ran. April O'Neil has property; she's got yeah, some. She's got a big farm she happens house. to own this antique store. Like your dad was at a farmhouse and ran an antique store, like and owned the apartment upstairs that you now live in. She's just sitting on some. New York City property. Well, the farmhouse is upstate that they end up going to. Yeah, to but still. Get their shit together. But Master Splinter gets taken and he's hung up on a, a fence at the lair. Yeah. And that's when we see Danny, that little shit Danny. Oh, bitch, Danny. Danny. I mean, that little um bad twerp. boy twerp. To slowly start to come around when he's like hearing Splinter's story. Except before he starts to come around talking to Splinter, he decides to raise his hand and say, I think I saw a turtle at April. Right. House. He does snitch on the turtle location because mm-hmm. he, he did see glimpse them very briefly when he showed up at her house. So that's why I can't forgive Danny totally because nope, Ed is, at his heart, he is a snitch. He may turn. He may be like, Oh, I feel bad. I'm sorry. But he's, 
but he snitched. Well, in that moment, he didn't think he was snitching. He thought he was helping Shredder, his father, find who he was looking for. I would have slapped Danny upside his redhead head. He also disappeared after that, and Shredder kept being like, Where's that kid who told us where the turtles are? Where's my Danny at? (laughs) So bizarre. The best parts of this, and you said this while we were watching it, and I agree 100%, is when we get Splinter's backstory. We get it in two parts. At first, it's the origin of Splinter, how he finds the turtles and he's a rat. And I'm not sure what makes the turtles teenage. I mean, it's just definitely one of those... Logic things. They're only that, 15 years old. That doesn't make sense. But a turtle's lifespan in and of itself is a little different in how that plays out. But then they become humanoid through the goop as well as shredder or splinter. And so then they have humanoid age structures. But some turtles live for a long time. Master Splinter was an old, he's old as a rat man. This is just one of those things you're not really supposed to think too hard about. I honestly right? simply think he found them when they were babies and they've been, they're 15 years old. So they're just teenagers because of that. Who cares about the lifespan of a turtle? And Splinter was a pet who had pets that he was taking care of. And his uh, master um, moved to America where he was dressed as a farmer. And then he got, then, then Shredder killed, Rukusaki killed um, his master's girlfriend or wife and the master and the master. And then he, um, and then Oroko Saki, who would become shredder slices splinters ear off after. And then he, after he maims his face. Yeah. Splinter like, no. Yeah. Splinter like. Cut. Yeah. Yeah. Which is revealed at the end when he takes his mask off. Yeah. But, but the best part is, and we see he's recounting how he's trained. How he's Splinter learns his martial arts techniques by watching his master, and you see a little rat training in his cage, imitating him in his cage, and uh, which will, as far as I'm concerned, a rat training martial arts will raise this final score up by point two five. Also, this is a world in which no radioactive goo needed. He was a rat. Who was learning martial arts. Yeah, well that, this Prior. is before the goop. He learned all of the teachings of his master. He seemed to stand upright pretty well. He was well. standing up. He was totally like a tiny little person. And Splinter even recognized him. Or yeah. I keep getting Splinter and Shredder I thought I said it wrong a minute up. ago, too. Shredder was like... That's where I know you from, or something stupid like so, that. So, so Raphael ends up getting jumped because he's got to run, run out and be mad because he's the angry one, and he gets his ass beat after he. I mean, it takes a lot to take him down, but a whole horde of Foot Clan. So yeah, they. It ends up being a big fight. Casey Jones in the comes antique to store, and they set it all on fire, and mm-hmm. then they all go to another property. April O'Neill has a, a farm upstate. And they put Raphael in a bathtub full of water to heal. And that's when they train. And they still don't know where Splinter is. And they heal up. And we get montages. And they... And April and Casey are falling in love. And uh, and But they figure out where Splinter is because he talks to them through his soul over a bonfire. 
Kind of like a Yoda style. Yeah. I am proud of you, my sons. Tonight, you have learned the final and greatest truth of the ninja. That ultimate mastery comes not of the body, but of the mind. Always remember the true force that binds you. The same as that which brought me here tonight. That which I gladly return with my final words. I love you all, my sons. Leonardo is very much into the meditation. The other turtles are not so much into it. So Leonardo is meditating one day and hears the voice of Splinter and goes to them and he's like, he is alive. That's how that works. That's how that works. He's alive. And then they all go and sit around the fire and, and get this message from from Splinter. But you pointed out, and I, I do I do agree that this is a flaw. Splinter was talking to them. He didn't tell them where he was. By the way, the address is... He basically said, I love you. You're doing a great job. <laughs> so eventually all Raphael is healed up. And they're like, it's time to go back to the location in the sewer where they know we are. And uh, and Casey Jones um, and Danny is there. He hides out. They find Danny. And so Danny's like trying to not go back to the cool hideout where every kid should want to go to. Like I said, I would let a Japanese man beat me up, slap me around if I could Why hang out. Why did he place. go back? It's a good question. He got up in the middle of the night and went back. I don't recall anyone threatening Danny, you know? I think no. he just decided to disappear. Yeah, he had a dream or something, and he woke up and, like, ran there. But he had a picture of the turtles, one of the turtles in his pocket that April had drawn. And so Shredder saw it and was like... Yeah, that's what he found out. Yeah. Because he does eventually decide to go back. This is another stretch, though. He just saw this picture and went, they're back. Kid could have just drawn that picture. Yeah. It was weird. Some of the leaps that are made are a little silly, but whatever. We got to get there. I kind of felt like they should have... Danny, the character of Danny should have gotten beat to death. I know it's a kid's movie. Or at least beaten up. Maybe not to death, but just beaten up. Yeah. Because honestly, nothing bad ever happened to him. Because even at the end, his dad was just like relieved to get him back. He went to Casey. At some point, there was obviously fighting and they all end up fighting. And he tells Casey, like, you have to come with me. They're going to kill Splinter. Mm-hmm. And so he and Casey go and have another fight and save yeah. Splinter. Yeah, they manage to free Splinter, but they also find out where the location to the cool hideout is. But the but Shredder, he ends up going to the Turtles. And they're having a fight. On rooftops. And they have the big fight and Shredder's kicking their ass. And then Splinter shows up and he's like, I know I'm like more humanoid, but you remember me, right? Now I will finish. What I began with your ear. Goes after Splinter with a spear and Splinter just grabs it and flips him. And he falls into a trash truck. And then Casey Jones hits the lever. And murders him. Yeah. Crushes Splinter to death. I know there's a sequel. But at this point we have to assume that they crushed this Japanese gangster. Or I guess at least they close it so he can't get out. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we'll just go with crush them to death. Why not? Why not? Vanilla Ice is in the the sequel. If you 
if you could have had like one one more thing added to this movie, I know what my answer would be, but like, what would you want to have wanted to see them do or uh, happen that didn't happen in this movie? Like, what would have made this movie even better for you? It's hard to say. I mean, just thinking about where into my age range, which I want to, because at this time I probably would have been like, this is a 4.5. Yeah. I'm not going that high in my adulthood. But maybe like, I always kind of wanted to see them shoot their limbs into their body and like be, like act more like turtles in that respect. I kind of thought they'd be sleeping like that, but they weren't. I mean, I thought they would. Michelangelo duck push, puts his head into his shell at some point to dodge a, a blade, so we get that. But why? What would you? What would you want? Oh, Rocksteady and Bebop. Oh yeah, yeah. I love Rocksteady and Bebop. The sequel had two mutant animal monsters, but it wasn't them. It wasn't them, and I don't understand. I think we were all at the time being like, "Why not just make Rocksteady and Bebop?" I mean, yeah, if you can make the turtles and you can make Splinter, it just didn't make any sense why they weren't there. I think that was what was great about the cartoon and the toys that accompanied them. Was that, you know, the idea of the ooze making anthropomorphic animal people. There was actually, like, really cool toys. You had the Baxter Stockman Flyman. You had, like, uh, I had, like, a lizard dude that skateboarded. There was other, like, frog characters. Like, Mm -hmm. there was all kinds. There was, like, a bat guy. Like, there was all kinds of, that's crazy characters you can do. I think there's that new movie... That Seth Rogen made called yeah. Mutant Mayhem that probably plays more into that. I actually really I want to see that movie. Yeah, maybe I think we'll it would go be fun it to, sure. vi- to visit. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. Let's judge this movie. I don't know if I'm going to go as high on it as I would mm-hmm. when I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. But there is something very impressive about this movie. The effects, the animatronics, the puppetry, Jim Hansen's workshop. Always they, good. It was really, they really did elevate the visuals of this. And I felt like these turtles looked as good as they possibly could have for this at the time. Now you're getting a more CGI. I haven't watched those movies, but we just like the physical, practical effects. Yes. We always prefer that. Um, 100,000%. And I thought that they looked great, they moved great, and they looked good. The story is pretty much what you would expect, basically playing it safe along that lines. There's some parts of it that are a little cringy now. But that would be with any kids movie removed from Absolutely. another era. But it's but it is admittedly like very corny in a lot of the ways, and it was corny shit. But there was things to grab onto, and there is some fun to be had here. At first, I'm gonna give it a three, but then there's that scene where Splinter is as a rat. Oh yeah, small rat is practicing his martial arts yeah. in the cage. That raises my score up to a 3.25. I'm going to give it a 3. So it's a 6.25 movie. Yes. I think that's actually a very fair score for this breakout hit that many studios underestimated at the time. But any child would have told you it would have been a gangbusters uh, scenario. Yeah. So peep this so far right now at number 27, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by Steve Barron. A very respectable 6.25. You can thank Jim Hansen's Creature Workshop for bringing it up to that respectable score. Now, our other comfort food movies involve portrayals of 
actors playing mentally challenged people. Yes. And it's Sisters Week. Oh, yeah. All right. It's all about the sisters. So stay tuned. Sisters. Wednesday. doing it. And Friday for some mentally challenged sisters. Yeah. All right. So check the show notes for links and other places to find us. Like, subscribe, leave a comment. Let us know if you remember this movie fondly and what you think about it. And um, life to all lovers. Bitch, Danny. Danny.